0: Hey, Pure Golf Podcast listeners, you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. To check out our weekly YouTube videos, go visit my Pure Golf. Link will be in the bio.
1: What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining the Pure Golf Podcast today. Parker and I talk about a club fitting gone horribly wrong, and yours truly may have been a little bit responsible. I will let the story play out for for all of you, but it is probably one of my favorite club fitting stories and a great example as to why you should go get fit with somebody who is a licensed fitter, which is not me. I just understand the swing at a pretty high level. Other than that, thank you guys so much for how you support this thing. Please keep liking, please keep rating, please keep subscribing, and more than anything, please keep sharing it with a friend or family member who could really benefit from wanting to get better at the game of golf. Um, I'm going to send it over to Zach for the announcements, but thank you all and have a wonderful, wonderful day.
0: All right, so let's jump into the announcements for Pure Golf. So my actual club fitting reveal came out on monday if you want to check that out it's on youtube and i kind of just explain my thought process behind why i chose what i chose because it is a little bit different from what both club fitters recommended thursday we have our first match play ever on the youtube and it's a it's a pretty interesting one i'm not gonna lie because we actually bring pga kev on for a match play video. It's a nine holes. Uh Friday, we will have part two of the whole club fitting experience and Parker will be on that pod with Jordan just to kind of talk about his thought process of what he chose and why he chose it. And then finally, to round out the whole Pure Golf content for this week, Saturday, Parker and I are doing the 100 putt a day challenge reveal video. What ended up happening for the entire month that we did the 100 putts a day? what our thought process was, how it actually improved our games, and how it can actually impact you as well. So if you are enjoying the pod, please like, share, subscribe. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. And yeah, we are really close to actually hitting 300 subscribers on the YouTube. So I'm really, really excited. And uh, yeah, let's jump into the pod.
1: The Mira stuff that you and I did together, we we and by we i mean i made some mistakes and like what we had you order and everything like that you and i were pretty far away from each other you were in hawaii at the time i was in georgia so we couldn't actually yep. like get numbers and you trying to find like a Mira dealer in hawaii was just like a pain in the butt like
2: there was just no way which to surprise work right yeah which is surprising yeah i mean The mirror story is a good one. I mean, now, especially because the irons are fixed and, you know, we're at the other end of that challenge. We worked together to give me a really nice set of baby blade mirrors, which are, you know, top of the line, as expensive as it gets for a set of irons and the most I've ever paid for a set for sure. We felt great about the set, the way it looked. We put together the best set, we could come up with together i mean i didn't i didn't feel bad about where we were when we ordered them you know you shipped them out when i pulled them out of the box i was excited but yeah this one day i I was out at where they play the lottie championship in the lpga side of the house which was just a couple weeks ago it's this really nice golf course and they had a uh this hell of a club fitter out there who his background was like he's a physicist of some point and his golf uh fitting was kind of just a passion that he did and um he saw me hitting golf balls out there one day and walked up and brought me another bucket I was getting low on what I had he brought me another bucket and said you know I'd just like to watch you hit some golf balls and I'm like sure He goes, you know, you have a really nice set of clubs there. And I was like, thank you. And then he picked up my nine iron that was sitting on my bag. And he goes, oh, man, these are pretty heavy. And uh, he goes, do you mind if I weigh this? And I was like, weigh it? And he was like, yeah, like to find out the swing weight. And I was like, sure, go ahead. You know, I don't mind. And uh, they were very heavy. Um, Very heavy. What ended up happening is... Mira heads in the baby blade are smaller but they're heavier right so that's a swing weight variable then we put in a uh, dynamic gold x100s which is arguably this the stiffness that does fit my speeds and we pured them and we put bigger grips on them which uh it's a heavy shaft and the grip also impacts um the swing weight and you know they were they were longer we did them We did them, I believe, a half inch long um, in the whole set. So, yeah, it was a learning experience because I, to be honest with you, playing golf my whole life and at 27, 28 years old, I'm just learning about swing weight and how I want my whole bag to be, you know, the same swing weight. You know, usually I think a tour average is like D2 or something like that. Yep. Wedges are sometimes a little bit heavier, but for the most part, like nine iron through four iron is close to D2. Um, and I was in the E range actually. for anybody that's listening that knows swing weights like that. So they were very heavy. And the other thing I learned about shafts is they you know, like know not one shaft is the same the mm-hmm. way they make them um, tour players, maybe they are, right? Because they're weighing shafts out and they get real meticulous. But my set actually kind of did like a an up and a down and swing weight um kind of thing sometimes you know you see heavier and then it tapers off to lighter a little bit but my wedges were very heavy um and then it lightened up a little bit into the 7 iron and then it got heavier in the uh higher numbers as well and that was mostly because of the shafts just being different um and so yeah it uh let me ask you a question a learning... real quick <laughs> yeah, go ahead when you like
1: looking back now when you had all that going on did you feel like you hit the 7 iron better cuz it was lighter or or not did that even occur to you
2: everything was very heavy so yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like the 7 iron was D2 and like the 6 iron was like E1 they were all okay very heavy so like there wasn't much difference uh there was no noticeable difference between um that to be honest with you in my hands Mm -hmm. but he was straight up like you're you're gonna be more fatigued at the end of a large bucket than pretty much everybody else on the range right now um and you know I I swing the golf club hard and um you know I, I I'm fit so I was like all right you know like no problem but when you when you look at the science of it and ultimately like we're building a golf swing that can repeat right and I'm not quite in the Bryson DeChambeau range where I think all of them need to be the same length Mm -hmm. but um loft and lie and the same swing weight I do think is better for your consistency um across the board there's a reason why the d2 sits right and yeah it uh it didn't feel like the seven iron was that much lighter because it was still very heavy, just not as heavy. Uh, to answer I got your you. question, I got you. We we now know. I, I remember receiving
1: that phone call and being like, "Jay, like these clubs are super heavy," and I was yeah. like, "Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna do about this." Like, I'm I'm literally like half the world away from you right now. Right. Like, I don't know right. what we're gonna do. And so now, I'll like, let you kind of retell the story of like what the heck did you do? Because you knew there was a problem. And then it's just like, I live on a freaking Island. What am I going to do here? Right? So I'll let you take over. Yeah, which
2: is wild. So we learned that the clubs came from Carlsbad, right? Well, Mira is a Japanese brand, but these were put together in Carlsbad um, in the States. So that was a bit of a disconnect. I assumed, you know, in Hawaii, there's the Pacific is full of, Asians of every type but there's a lot of Japanese people there and to be honest with you like Mira is a very popular brand because it's it's Japanese and honestly they make clubs for usually like the the stock of stuff that they make is for smaller and smaller men and women with lower swing speeds because that's kind of fits the the genetic makeup of people in that area. And that's why they made them normally. So, anyway, that, that, uh, th- I thought, like, oh, I'm going to be able to find somebody that'll work on these sticks no problem. And there were options, but the struggle was most club fitters were afraid to work on them because they're so pricey, right? So, like, one, somebody's going to charge me. Anywhere from five to eight hundred dollars to work on them, and then they're gonna kind of say like, "But I don't really work on these ever because, you know, they're super pricey. It's not like I'm working on a set of TaylorMade's or Pings. Like this is creme de la creme, and like you know, everybody knows the retail sticker on them is was like thirty five hundred bucks. So it um, it was a challenge. I I did I did find this one guy who, um was willing to take on the challenge of leaving the shafts the way they were and potentially removing weight from the head with a drill until they were where they needed to be. And then I got really nervous and was like, yeah, I don't know. Like that doesn't – and there's a guy on tour that did that with a set of mirrors. I forget his name right Carl now. Carl Schwarzel, but... uh, the first live yeah, tour winner. Yeah, you Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So – that's another way to do it um you know people some people don't even know what lead tape is anymore but like to make a club heavier in swing weight you can add lead tape same concept but just imagine removing some of the metal from the back of the club to lighten it up and so i was like well seemed kind of risky you know as you know jay in the transition from hawaii back here to new mexico we were ebb and flow in practice anyway. So I, I, I kind of paused just cause I was like, you know, I'm going to work on these when I know I'm going to want to work on my game in a more consistent manner. If anybody's moved across the world, it's a pretty big effort. Golf was not the first thing on my mind around that time. So <laughs> we took a pause and then here in Santa Fe, um, there's a really well-known head pro, his name's Drew and he's, a master club fitter does all of the certifications for all the different brands. Pretty much. He's been a rep for every single golf company you could think of. And I trusted him. So I took my clubs in and he took a look at them and was just like, this is absolutely insane. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. And, uh, we started with the grips. He took a little bit off. It took a little bit of length off. Um, and it was a lot less than I thought it would have would have taken it would have taken. It was really a, a grip change and I think a quarter inch off of some of them, not all of them. Yeah. And he got the swing weights into the right into the right range. He ended up actually taking a little more off the shaft of the wedges, but added some lead tape to get them all within the same range. Mm-hmm. The other thing is he looked at lofts and lies, and some of the lies were off. And um, not all of the loft intervals were even. So he he got them all squared away. Um, we got some new grips on them and they've been butter. I mean, they, they were great. You know, it's it's kind of hard. It's not like I was puzzling things or like, you know, hitting them horrible. That wasn't necessarily the case. Um, it hit great shots with them. It's just, if you think about it in the sense of I want the most consistent product in my hands and in my bag and out on the golf course, swing after swing, week after week, that was the right move to do. And so I think the first phone call to you was a little more dramatic than it probably needed to be. (laughs) Um, If I'm being honest, like were they heavy? Sure. In hindsight, it can be fixed with not too much, just a, an experienced club fitter can really get you in the right range of uh swing weight and, and loft and, and setup. And I think, you know, even in Zach's case where he has a split bag, yep. you know, these are things people need to be aware of, you know, like if you're getting a fitting and you get a set and you ask your club fitter, you know, can you check the swing weight for you? And he looks at he or she looks at you like you're crazy, you know, you might want to take them somewhere else. Um, Cause it, it's a, It's a polished kind of concept for sure, but I think it's an important one. We pay a lot of money for our sets of irons, especially no matter what brand you get. I'm a firm believer in making sure the swing weights and the lies and the lofts are squared away for you. Right. And I
1: mean, by no means am I a club fitter. We also learned one more lesson through that process of like, hey, Uh, when you order the shafts, you should definitely go with the tour issued staff because it's a shaft because it goes through more of a, oh, what's what's the word? I'm yeah, quality for
2: assurance. For? Yeah. yeah,
1: quality assurance because yeah, the ones that aren't sure. the tour issue are very, um uh, random in weight. Yeah. yeah, it's a mixed bag, big time. So, it it was just an educational process for both of us. I I was a it was, I, I, I am still a rep for Mira but. I'd never like done the fitting, especially like across the freaking ocean really? and it just yeah. wasn't possible. So we did the best we could with all we had. And then it was full of corrections after that of like, maybe this is why we should just go do a fitting in person. Um, we did the best we could, but it wasn't good enough. But thank God for, for people like Drew who were willing to work with you and, and make it work, man.
2: Yeah. I mean, We did the best we could, man. It's a great story now. I think, you know, and the the irons mean more to me now um, just because of all of that, right? Like golf, a lot of golfers are a little bit of a head case. You know what I mean? We're all a little crazy sometimes. I think, you know, being on the range and somebody who's like this master club fitter walking up to me and being like, yo, your set of irons is, I whacked out, and I was just like, ah, <laughs> oh, no. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's—I'm not one that changes clubs often. Like, I'll work a set until somebody tells me, like, look, it's probably time for a new one. And uh these were virtually brand new at the time, and so I was just like, I can't have this demon like sneaking in my brain all the time, letting sure. me know they're too heavy or whatever it is. You know, like it's me, not the equipment, most right. of the time. In this case, I really think it was more like, look, we invested a lot into this idea, into these clubs and me and you both. And so um, we want them to be in the best place they can be um, for the players. So uh, it's a great story, Jay. I'm super happy about it all now. (laughs) Actually, we haven't done the what's in the bag yet, but um, I just got some new wedges uh, a couple weeks ago. Nice. And what did you uh, get? got we got all of those, huh? What did you get? Oh, uh some tailor-made. We did a high toe in a sixty. Okay. With a with a KBS shaft in it. Um supposed to serve more as a lob wedge that I can be really creative with. Cool. And we went with the high toe so that I can get, get a little uh crafty around the greens. New Mexico, there's a lot of lynx style elevation you know, uh, short game shots. And so just built a tool that kind of allows me to be a little craftier. Um, the, the high toe has grooves across the entire face. I'm sure you've seen them, but, um, I really like that. Um, in a lob wedge, I said, feel like I can just dunk bunker shots, like when it's in my hands. So, and then we went with, uh, the same model, but not the high toe in a 54 and a 50, um, And we got them all same loft and lie intervals to fit well with uh the pitching wedge and the mirror set and uh different shafts in the 54 and the 50. Um and a bit more of a gap, you know, like usually people go 58, 54, but um we're kind of experimenting with an idea that uh I don't swing full with a wedge, and so the the gap allows me to actually be more crafty with my trajectories, especially with that 54 comes out a little bit lower and less spin. Cause I'm sort of hitting more of a knuckleball. If I need to hit it, uh, high from a hundred yards, the 60 works really well with just a regular amount of spin on it. So yeah, it's been good. Um, did like a copper finish on the 60 degree and their black wedges on the, 54 and the 50 so so far so good that's good and then remind
1: me i i know there's a little bit of a story here the driver at one point did it break on you
2: and you had to get refitted oh yeah the i the face in on my, my last driver yeah okay so what was the fitting process me, like on that almost. one last year we uh we looked at last year the best Woods, arguably, I don't think it was even an argument, to be honest. But the Stealth Series stuff was just like a cut above um, for my swing speed. The three wood in the regular Stealth is what I ended up going with. And that thing's like a driver. The face is so hot. I mean, uh, it's ridiculous. Um, and then we actually went with the three, uh, the UDI or the UDI, the um, driving iron that TaylorMade yep. does last yep. year's model. Went with one of those with a heavier shaft in it, um, really love both of those off the tee. They're really like my, they're my stock options off the tee. I'm pretty much only hitting drivers now if I have like lots of runway. Um, because the ball goes so damn far out here, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, I'm running out of room pretty fast with a driver, so yeah, we we looked at um, I think a Callaway head was sort of competitive last year um maybe even a cobra head but i really like the red face on the stealth plus mm-hmm. i wanted to get an eight and a half but we ended up going with a nine it was good the driver fitting was pretty simple mm-hmm. woods woods we don't really add any length to um so it was much more simple than the, the iron fitting the the driving iron is a heavier shaft I like that. I like the weight on that one. It's probably my heaviest like wood, but that mm-hmm. really is the super boring, like never is in a hurry to go left or right. But the three wooden driver, are just a little bit lighter. I think the three woods a 70 gram and the driver's a 60 gram X. And uh, yeah.
1: Perfect, man. It was good.
2: Drew, Drew has a same kind of setup. You guys had it the pure golf headquarters with, you know, the simulator and all that stuff. So we looked at speeds and there was really only a few options to be honest in heads that worked best. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I don't cave this one in because I really like it. So
1: I'm i love so it. Sure the,
2: the stealth Two is, um, is better for me. So I'm hoping to get through the season with this one. And then Drew says we might break it on purpose because Taylor still has like, 400,000 stealth plus heads sitting for fixes. So we might break it on purpose just to get a new head at the end of the season. Cause I like it so much. I love
1: it, man. So if I've learned, I I've done two podcasts now, one with Zach and one with you. And I think I'm walking away from something knowing go through the fitting process. Don't order arbitrarily online and like go, like go through the fitting process with somebody yeah. who, who you know, who you trust, and I would like to say this in here as well, who isn't trying to upsell you to gain commission is, is something else I would really like to put out there into the world. Um, yeah, that's very true. It, it can just get a little bit hairy out there if they're trying to, like, I see so many golfers I, actually when I was, like, golfing a lot, Um, somebody, some of the golfers at the driving range would go out and spend literally, like, $700 on a shaft, and I'm just like, yeah. why no, are you doing yeah, no, that sir.
2: so crazy
1: and it's just like it isn't going to make you that much better
2: to spend no. that much money on a shaft no. so no um, it's, i mean the, what they don't understand is it's just supply and demand the technology is not that much different than the the no. cheaper options that's no. what's wild like and the pros aren't paying for a shaft like that they're just get, they they get it they just it's get just it. It's just what they get. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no. Anything to close?
1: Anything
2: um, to close? I mean, yeah, enjoy it. Like, I would say, like, enjoy the process, take the time it takes. Don't be that guy that goes through like 10 sets of irons in a season. Like, even if you have the money, go through the process. Educate yourself on what's important in your specs and, and trust your equipment and then just work on the game you know what i mean that's that's my biggest takeaway i want to think about less and so if somebody tells me my loft lies swing weights all look good and the shafts in there fit my swing speed let's go play some golf other than that that. i think most people overthink the process
1: amen to that man um well thank you man i really appreciate it anytime jake